We are live. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to show number one for the Beefy Boys Bud Club. I am Christian, and I am joined here by Vito and Joe. What Yo. up? And uh, we're here to discuss some sports. We're here to discuss video games and uh, music. And music, of course, my fa- <laughs> my favorite. Sports and music and, and video games, all my favorites. Anywho, let's get started. So, what's your guys' favorite video game of all time? Favorite video game of all time. I guess I'll go first. I have a list. Oh, yeah? Of course. Oh, I bring the go. facts. That's what I do. Anyways, my favorite, and again, I'm not a fucking critic. This isn't the best game ever, so don't come at me, bro. Final Fantasy X, my favorite game of all time. I've beaten that game about ten times, including getting all the celestial weapons, which, if you've ever done it, is a pain in the ass. Dodging lightning bolts 200 times in a row. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that particular mini game, but it <laughs> yeah. was annoying without HDMI input lag, and I've done it twice with HDMI input lag, which means your timing has to be fucking perfect. <laughs> Honestly, all I remember about that game is that it was really fun to play, and there was some kind of like underwater sports ball thing. Oh, underwater soccer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, I, I never got into those games. I never could, never have. Lame. I, I mean, even on the PlayStation 1, I could never figure it out yeah it was just one of those things where I, I tried to pick it up as a kid and when i tried to pick it up as a kid it was too frustrating to ever pick up again so i just i just said I just, fuck it i think it hit me at the right time i was like 15 <clears throat> when i first played it so you know yeah that'll probably do it hormones in middle school and i know the story is very melodramatic but it was a video game that actually told a tale you could follow which wasn't a thing in the 90s you know yeah they were either obtuse in japanese or they were just you know mario games with no story at all yeah i feel like the first three games that i probably played that were like significantly good games as far as like stories and stuff kind of would be um uh, final fantasy 7 uh, yeah uh warcraft and diablo so. i remember final fantasy 7 just like oh my god look at these graphics and like if you go back to the ps1 stuff now like it doesn't make any sense like Oh, his fist is the same size <laughs> as his hand, but his arms are like matchsticks, you know? Yeah, they're, <laughs> like, so yeah, they're like bad. cubes. <laughs> yeah. The humans look like cubes. Remember when Lara Croft was a sex symbol with her fucking triangle boobs? That's because everybody had the cover. Everybody had the cover of the game to go off of what she, what well, she, yeah, what like they intended the, her to look like. Spray paint or uh, airbrush <laughs> drawings and shit, yeah. I don't want to go too long. The other one I'll mention is when I was... Uh, five, I had appendicitis and I had to go to the hospital for like four days and they had an NES in my hospital room and I had never been into video games before because I lived in Appalachia. We were basically hillbillies. I literally lived in the foothills of the Appalachian mountains when I was a kid. So like the cool things to do on the weekend was to go hunting with your dad, you know? Anyways, there was NES in my room and I played uh, the original Super Mario Brothers with my dad like all day, every day. And I'm like, what is this stuff? This is a whole world to explore, you know? So that's where I fell in love with video games right there, age five, if I can pinpoint it. <clears throat> I remember the, the, first, the, the first video game I ever got was like, you know, parents are going through a divorce, so it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's get our kids some gaming consoles to, to kind of help, you know, help them cope through this. So we got a Nintendo 64 and our first games were uh, StarCraft, or not StarCraft 64, but that came a little bit later down the line. But we got um, Star Fox Okay, 64, very, very different game. <laughs> Star Fox 64, and then GoldenEye. And I, I love both games, but I'm sorry, but GoldenEye, way better than Star Fox. I mean, GoldenEye invented first-person the, the first shooter. Person shooter. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to yell at me and say it was Doom, but I don't care. Oh yeah, Doom. Yeah, Fuck your Do- PC games, man. Doom. Doom is fucking incredible. Doom I love reinvented. Doom. Doom. Doom is like the World of Warcraft of first-person shooters. Doom. Uh, Doom's it wasn't the, grand the first, daddy. but it was the first good one. They're the granddaddy the of first-person shooters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then I would say that like GoldenEye is like the one that kind of brought it more into popularity yeah by going on to the nintendo 64 bringing it into a console just like all the cool like you know you could customize all your matches like yeah. proximity mines in the facility was and, then, well, and then like after that after they came out with that they came out with doom 64 so yeah. doom came went from pc to the 64 and it just kind of that's like what got the balls rolling for for first person shooters yeah and uh but my favorite game of all time is Fallout New Vegas. 
Really? Yes. That's so funny. I have spent maybe, maybe about 250 hours of my life logged into that game on on you know hold it di- i played it on that's all it? the difficulties that you could play it on oh <laughs> shit vito's calling you out what did he say he said that's it <laughs> uh, hilarious yeah. but i was also uh, caught up on uh fallout 3 as well because mm-hmm. i was i was balancing them out because yeah. i played fallout 3 i played fallout 3 more than i have new vegas but i just enjoyed new vegas more, more. than i like fallout I 3 I, I think it was like i played fallout 3 when it was contemporary and then I moved on and I came back to New Vegas like a few years later and it just felt so dated, you know, like especially it after was. like a Mass Effect conversation tree. I just couldn't get into like these wall of text pick us answer thing. I think I played it for an hour. Got yeah, I think the thing about to New, a town and I was just done. With New it. Vegas kind of felt more of like an like an add on than it did like a, a whole yeah. standalone game. But the the gameplay of it and the story of it, it had a great story. It had a great side missions and and the whole like picking and choosing which gang you want to play with it kind of like paved the way for uh fallout 4 and well that's what people love about it it brought back all that faction stuff because you know three was a lot more streamlined than the old ones yeah three was more like a like a you're you're more solo and you're either a good guy or a bad guy you know in in New Vegas, you can be a good guy, a bad guy, and belong to a faction, and then have everybody else shun you and hate you because you belong to a certain faction. Yeah, and it's it's a toss up. Faction pride is real. For me, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a big time toss up for me between New Vegas and Red Dead Redemption. You know, OG Red Dead. OG Redemption? Red Dead Redemption. I loved Red Dead Revolver. And when I lived really? in, oh, I loved Red Dead Revolver. When I lived in Japan, my brother and I played that shit all the fucking time. And we, yeah, we had the original Xbox, and it was like that and Halos are what kept us like, you know, that that, that kept us in the gaming loop. And yeah. then we got a GameCube while we were there and got Resident Evil 4. And, and Resident Evil 4 was fucking balling, man. I loved Resident <laughs> Evil 4. That shit was dope. And, um... But but yeah, Red Dead Redemption is is a toss up between that and New Vegas for my favorite game of all time. I just games that I've I've you know I've played that one more than I've played New Vegas. I just like yeah. New Vegas a little, yeah. so just a little bit more, just a tad bit more. I mean, New Vegas has a Western theme to it, even yes. if it is a sci-fi game. It does. It, like... It's a Western sci-fi post-apocalyptic yeah game, and that's like that just screams me Westworld. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, Red Dead Redemption like <clears throat> changed the open world like video game. Yeah, after that game, you couldn't make just like your you couldn't you couldn't fuck up an open world game after Red Dead Redemption, or else you're just not gonna last. Yeah, you know, and you you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I like that, that one a lot. I felt like it dragged. That stuff in Mexico just seemed. I let Too see long, you. You had the you. I remember you telling me you had the problem with the Mexico campaign, but I I love the Mexico campaign. I, it was it was fun. It just felt too video gamey. Like I forget what the politician's name was, but he was an asshole, and Marsden didn't really have a reason to help him. He just kept doing everything he was asked. Well, he and then was, you get double crossed at the end. It's like yeah, no shit. You didn't see this coming a mile away, dude. Like, but what are you he, doing? But he was also double crossing them. He was yeah. working with the with the rebels, whilst helping. I know the army because he was getting. So he was kind of working for both of them, but it was more of like he was on the side of the rebels than he was with the army, but he was getting intel by working with them. Yeah. And that's kind of like what that whole Mexico story was. But <clears throat> I thought it was fun. I thought like. Blowing up that fort and the castle and all that shit. Mexico was dope. <laughs> I remember something about a train. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's the train as well. Um, Vito, you got you to gotta enlighten me on the World of Warcraft world. The World of Warcraft world. The huh? World of Warcraft world because <laughs> I've never played. I've never played World of Warcraft. I've never played it. I've played Warcraft 1 and 2 yeah. and 3. 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. All fantastic games, but right when it went to World of Warcraft, I, I just I couldn't get into it because mm-hmm. I never played it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, Have you gotten into MMOs at all? No. 
Okay, well, Vito, this is your yeah. This is this Vito's. Is your flaw. <laughs> so look at that grin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've been playing World of Warcraft probably since like 2006, 2007. Um, it was late adopter, huh? Yeah, but it was it was. Uh, I honestly I didn't really get I I didn't even know about the game until my brother introduced it to me. Um, and I, I I honestly didn't even really play actual like classic WoW. Aside from leveling in it, and I didn't even hit max level until after Burning Crusade came out. Okay. Um, but it was like several months before Burning Crusade came out, like three or four months before it came out, that I started playing. And uh, yeah, it's just it it, it was so, something that I just never had experienced before. It was open world. There were other actual people in the world. Um, it was a manifestation of a uh, video game franchise that I've been into for years. Uh, all the amazing artwork, um, character designs, um, environments that I'd seen kind of in the strategy games um, and stuff, but being able to actually see like you know the world that it was built yeah. in through the the character's eyes was amazing. Exploring that world was amazing. And then I just kept kind of playing with it. The The gameplay was always really fun. I loved... Um, I got really into PvP in really? Burning Crusade. Yeah. Because huh. I know, like, you know, Raid Till You Die was the, the, the thing in Classic and Burning Crusade, but in when arenas were introduced in Burning Crusade... Those two V twos, unforgettable. My brother and I had a two V two team. Uh, we we're both rogues, and we we're both asshole rogues because rogues are always assholes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it was it was balanced in such, or I guess unbalanced in such a way that I could. Uh, me and my brother sometimes played just entirely solo. Uh, in the two v twos, yeah, and just crowd controlled one person and burst down the other person. So, would you were you playing with your brother from when you started? Yeah, kind of. I didn't play directly with him a okay. lot. Um, he did like because he had a higher, lot higher level character, and oh, but, so he started before you. Yeah. Okay. And so he sort of got me into it afterwards, and then he. Oh man, I remember him like. <laughs> Stabbing to stay like really far back so I didn't aggro anything and he would run me through the dead mines as like a Mac oh. character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you were involved with, you know, a social aspect from the beginning because I mean yeah. I played World of Warcraft for like an hour on my friend's account um, when I was in college and I'm like, I can definitely see the appeal. I don't want to get lost in this game and have yeah. to flunk out of school like you did, Chuck. But anyways, <laughs> call him out, whatever. <laughs> he knows it, who Chuck. he is. <laughs> anyway, yeah, my big so, MMO was Final Fantasy fourteen, but I was pretty much soloing the whole thing. And I know it's not mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, but like, World of Warcraft basically redefined the whole genre. Yeah. And everything else is built on it. But mm-hmm. I imagine having a social aspect from the start with people you actually know would make it so much better. Cause I loved it. Cause it was basically like, you know, like an open world RPG that just went forever, you know, exactly. <laughs> like, there's so many quests. I can just play this. I think I played it while I was unemployed at the time. This was when I was working on the boat. So I didn't <laughs> have to work. So, like, for three months, I would play it 12 hours a day, every day. And I never ran out of stuff. <laughs> to do, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds yeah. like, sounds like my high school. Yeah, it was like when I was in high school, I I wasn't at school, I was at home, to uh, like fucking playing video games and yes. shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember I also got stuck on League of Legends for like two oh years, God. like basically straight. Yeah, I think I, I even played it. I played games, it more consistently than World of Warcraft. I think when I was playing it, and then I just quit because you know, I, d- I just are. don't I just don't understand those games. You know, I'm just not. You'd like League of Legends, like MOBAs, or just... I've, I've never played League of Legends. Never played it, never even attempted to, just because I, I've seen well, gameplay on it, and it just looks too, crazy. too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's also it's the same very with... very intense. Yeah, it's the same with, like, um, <clears throat> uh, Overwatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never I never played Overwatch just because I'm, I'm not good at that style of game. It's, Have you, you know... ever gotten into, like, a big online community like that? Because, I mean, I play Rocket League probably 20 hours a week still, you know? Well, I mean, the big online community that I'm in is just the shooters. You know, I'm, I'm a big standard shooter. Are you a cod head? Oh, big time. Big time. Oh. I think... Have you been playing? 
uh, Black Ops Black 4? Ops 4? No, because I've been saving my... I, I, I was going to buy it, but instead of buying it, I slowed my roll, and I realized I'm going to be buying the game I've been waiting fucking seven years for. RDR2? Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm going to be spending probably from the time I get it all the way up past Christmas just playing this the storyline itself. So I, I thought about it. And I was like, I'm not gonna get Black Ops Four until maybe around Christmas time when it's cheap. And yeah, for a deal, like I do yeah, get, every year. Yeah, I get it for a deal. So you know, I get like the season pass instead of like 110, whatever it is. I get it go. for like 70 bucks, and just have it. And you know, I'd be contributing to the Christmas noob society. But <laughs> I've played that game so many, so many fucking times before. Like every different COD is just it's the same. Well, there's a new blackout mode though. You know? Oh, the, I mean, Call yeah, there's a new blackout or the new blackout mode, which is awesome. I, I played a little Did bit you play of that. The beta? Yep, and it was great. It was. I thought That's it was. What people say. Thought yeah. it was freaking amazing. I heard. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot lately actually that Black Ops. A few years ago, or something, decided to go in a little bit more of a crazy direction with their stuff. Yeah, and and it, it directly has uh, led to more fun gameplay just because there's more like interesting yeah. things to do now. Well, yeah, rather Black, than just like the, the Black Ops series, of, like, the Battlefield Black Ops series is like Call of Duty's. That's like their their thing. It's basically yeah. a sci-fi game now. I mean, yeah, exactly, jetpacks yeah. and rocket slides. Well, they they took all that shit out for the new one, which is. I love that. You know, I was getting tired of that futuristic shit. Yeah, it can be okay. So Black Ops I feel Two, like it's a good flavor of the month kind of thing. Black Ops Two was in the future, mm-hmm. but there was no jetpacks. There was no, there was no flying in the air. Wall it running. was, it was just based in the future, and everything looked futuristic. But you still had regular guns that shot bullets, not fucking laser beams. And you didn't have any like <laughs> grappling hooks. You didn't have any special abilities. It was just like. Regular like shooting future. multiplayer, and I feel like Black Ops Two was the best Black Ops out of all of them. I loved I loved every single Black Black yeah. Ops that they have. Black Ops One, great game. Black Ops Two, I spent like from the night I got it, just every night for like a month. I played that shit like just like Joe did for. 12 hours a day (laughs) and I I remember I I had just gotten my first job at McDonald's and I was (laughs) it's it's pretty ironic high school dropout gets a job at McDonald's it's pretty ironic you're a walking cliche I'm a cliche I'm a fucking cliche and so I, I had a job and I would work from like sometimes it'd be like 10 to close or or 10 p.m. To, to 9 a.m. And that was a brutal shift. 12 hours. But dude. the good thing is, is I worked only a few days a week. So it's like I had that shift, but I'd work a few days. And then I also got back into like the regular swing of shifts, like regular just night shifts. Like I'd go mm-hmm. in at 10 and I'd leave, you know, at 5 a.m. or some shit like that. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad gig, but it gave me time to play Black Ops 2, like, <laughs> big time. And that was, like, all I fucking did. It was me and my brother um, and then my cousin Rodrigo and then our friend Diego. We had our little team, and every time we were on there, we were just... I, I think we had, on on Team Deathmatch, we must have had, like, a 58-game win streak. On just on Team Deathmatch alone, and on Search and Destroy, Damn. Search and Destroy, I lost maybe two games, but I didn't play that mode that much. Yeah, but I had, I think I ended when I stopped playing Black Ops Two. I think I had like thirty five. It was like thirty five and two on my Search and Destroy <laughs> record, which is insane because I didn't like Search and Destroy that much. But that yeah. was the game that really brought me into it. And yes, Black Ops Four looks great. It looks great. I can't wait to buy it. I can't wait to play it. But it's going to be a little bit later down the line after I played Red Dead Redemption 2 for like three or four months. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. We should start to transition a little bit. Let's just uh, go on to our Facebook page here. And oh, yeah. Some of uh, some, uh, what, the, what the community mentions as their favorite games here. Um Tim Mahoney writes in, says, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Mario Kart, Spy Hunter. He's an old fucking man, so those answers make sense. Currently, Super Mario Party. 
What a nerd. Anyway, Mario Party is a great game. He should have specified which one. Super, he's talking Super, the brand new one, Super Mario Party that just oh, came out. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I see. Oh, oh okay. Oh, no. Never mind. Okay. Woo. But Ninja Gaiden. The oh, original? That game was fucking That game impossible. was so hard. It was fun, but fuck that game. The only way I ever got through it was an emulator with save states, man. Because, like, like, that level with the birds, like, forget about it. Like, mid-jump, you can't do anything, and then a bird swoops on you. Like, are you kidding me? Swoop. It's a quarter did you ever, here, Did man. you ever play that game, Vito? I played a little bit of it, uh, but I never really had uh, consoles as a kid. Mm. So I, I usually just played these kinds of games at my friend's house. Yeah. It was like a... It was like a the Dark Souls of that, yeah, <laughs> of that generation. I remember, yeah, like, I remember it. I definitely heard about yeah. it, and I definitely played a little bit of it. Now we're talking the NES version here. Yes, are you guys talking about the? Oh, I'm, I'm Xbox. talking about Xbox. Yeah, I'm pretty version. sure Tim's referencing the, oh, the yeah. original NES. Oh, version. well, I played oh, that sure. game too. Yeah, I know. Uh, to peel back the curtain, Vito and Christian are both. A not insignificant amount of years younger than me, so you two are probably <laughs> a, a, too young to remember when the NES was the coolest thing you could have. You know? Which, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was. I mean, pretty sure Vito and I weren't. weren't the SNES came out when I was six. I don't think either of them were even born <laughs> yet. I don't so, know, man, I remember playing Duke Nukem on my grandpa's computer. There you go. There you go. There you go. Duke Nukem or whatever. Duke Nukem. The, the oh, fucking side scroll right. and jumpy one. Uh, one more from the Facebook page. Josh Schwaler? Schwaler. Schwaler. Thank you. Mentions yeah. Halo 2 because it basically invented the online shooter genre. Or redefined it, at least. It, it definitely paved the way fat in the yeah. online shooter because that game was fucking insane. It was awesome. It was great. And, um... Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time playing Halo 2 as well. I never and was an Xbox guy. We, when I was in high school, again, showing my age, we were nerds. We'd have LAN parties where we'd get together and play some 4v4 team deathmatch and blood gulch, you know. Yeah. But, or, sorry, it was the capture the flag mode or whatever you call it. But. Yeah, and, and I, I grew up with, with Josh as well, and our, our group of friends did the exact same thing. It's like, you know, Friday after school, everybody would come over to my house. We'd set up the... The Xbox, we played 4v4, but there'd be like, you know, 12, 13 of us all hanging out, yeah. shooting the shit and just playing Xbox. It was a great you time. Did, the, did you do... Uh, did but that was a, mainly with Halo 1. Halo 1, yeah. we were doing like the, you know, the 4v4s. Yeah. And then once Halo 2 came out, we would do it here and there. But everybody had live by the time that that, that yeah. game came out. So yeah. we were all just... Not as necessary to yeah, have Yeah, not to and not have everybody over. I mean but, we were hardcore. We had them in separate rooms so you couldn't like screen cheat. Like we were such nice. I did that I did that <laughs> with Modern Warfare 2, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I did that with a bunch of buddies from uh from my old high or from my first high school. Um we we were playing we would all get together and we we would all have we bring our Xbox three sixties and then we would all set up to different TVs and then next thing you know we're like staying up all night drinking fucking energy drinks and eating like shit and then playing video games all night. Like, you know, we played from yeah. Friday all the way until afternoon of Saturday until we crashed. Great time. Great time. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't think online could ever beat the feeling of having like a bunch of your friends hanging out, just posted up, playing yeah. video games and just having a good time. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's just the best part amazing. about video games. That was the. That was balling. I, I, I loved, um, I, I never really got into Halo 2. I think it was because at the time, at least, it was only on console. Mm. And Halo 1 was on PC as well. Yeah. And I remember having uh, LAN parties with my brother doing uh, uh, the Gulch um, uh, kills up to 50. First, first mm. to 50 kills. One on one? In Blood Gulch? Not one on one. Okay. It was a, it was a, it was a land party. My brother and oh. I were just also there. But um, oh, there were more people than like just you and your brother. Okay. I, I don't remember what the max was sixteen or thirty two, but we, sixteen. We, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, yeah, it was it was first to fifty, and uh, my brother and I were always at the top <laughs> winning. Right. People were getting so mad. Yeah, those are some good. My brother won more than I did. But. Good memories. Yeah. All right. I think okay, I got it. I got there it. There we go. Okay. Oh, okay it's going to start with that now. <laughs> All right. Um, so let, we're going to get into sports now. By I'm going to bring up a very important thing that's been on my mind ever since I did this trip. So 
I went to Eugene, Oregon last week. Um, you know, brought to you by Jeff in produce. He hooked it up. And he's a big Oregon Ducks fan, and I'm a big Washington Huskies fan. So naturally, when they're playing each other in Autzen Stadium, that place is going to be electric. It's going to be wild. And the whole way there, he's like, oh, they're going to love you there. They're just going to have like a blast being able to hate on you, you know. And then when we get to Eugene, that was when I noticed like the football community in Eugene is great. They're, they're fun. They don't, they don't make their visitors feel welcome at all, and I love that. I actually love that feeling, and it's fun. It makes the sport fun, yeah. and that's what makes traveling on the road to see your favorite football team play fun, you know? Affection pride is real. And so, What's that? Affection, Affection pride, pride is real. It's like your yeah. catchphrase, man. <laughs> so <clears throat> the one thing I noticed when I was at the game was everybody, yeah, while I was there, I got a lot of fuck yous. I got a lot of, you know, fuck the Huskies. I got well, a lot of that. What's this video to be? And I, what's that? Oh, I think you should have stopped it. Right I mean, now, you can man. stop it. Yeah, that's fine. You can. <laughs> just wanted to get but, the intro. <laughs> yeah, just a 30 second, like 30 right. seconds at a time. Um, but, okay, so yeah, I got a lot of fuck yous. I got a lot of fuck the Huskies. All that fun shit. But the best part about it was I was sitting in the student section for Oregon and all of my Husky gear and they had a heyday with me, you know, and it was, sorry, pardon, (laughs) but anyway, yeah, they had a heyday with me, but the whole time I was being hazed, it was just a great time, you know, because every time the Huskies would do something, I'd be the first one to talk shit and have everybody around me giving me the finger and Jeff is telling me, oh, fuck you, man, fuck you. And it's all in good fun. You know, as long as nobody's spitting on me and nobody's throwing shit at me, I don't care. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. That's the atmosphere of a football game. And that's what made that that stadium so great. And it was also loud as fuck. My ears were ringing after that game the whole car ride home. It was great. And then I went to the BYU game for the Huskies. I went to the home game. Yep, home game. It's just not the same thing. I think Washington fans need to step it up. And this is when you know they're they're they were a top ten team all the way up until that you know Oregon game. And they're not the fans aren't showing up. I don't know what it is, but the fans need to fill that stadium up every single game. Yeah, because they are. I mean, they're they're like a top tier college team now because they have Chris Peterson and yeah, going there and having it not be louder than Autzen Stadium is kind of sad. It's kind of sad, and then having the the visitors feel so welcome in that stadium, yeah. like in the in the tailgates, nobody's talking shit, nobody's doing anything. But then if you talk shit to somebody, you're looked at as like a you're looked at as an asshole, and it's like, well, I'm not really an asshole, but this is just. This is the sports environment. This is like the fun part of, of college sports. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. If you're hazing like a 10-year-old kid for wearing a BYU <laughs> jersey, then yeah, you're, That's you're a prick. <laughs> but if there's like some, you know, some grown-ass dude and you're like, hey, man, fuck yeah. BYU. Fuck him. And then everybody around is like, oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. Same thing with Seahawks games, dude. You can't talk shit at, at any sports event in Seattle or else you're looked at as like an asshole unless you go to the Thunderbirds games. Thunder then you get a bunch of then you get a bunch of drunk then you get a bunch of drunk idiots watching hockey yelling at sixteen and eighteen year olds out there on the or sixteen, yeah. seventeen year olds out there on the ice is and like a, nobody a- says anything. And and you know, that's just the environment of hockey. That's why I think Seattle needs a hockey team. We're going to get one. I know. And that's why, you know, people want it. People want the NHL here big time, and Mm. it's going to be freaking great. But the fan base for Washington needs to step it up because Oregon fans are killing it. They, they They make that place crazy. They make it electric. They make you feel good to be there, which is wild. Even me being a visitor, it just made me feel good to be in a football environment like that. And I can see why that team feeds on, on their fans so much, but that was that was just my little message for Washington fans. I mean, step I it think up. there's a couple reasons for that. Well, first of all, Oregon's been a football powerhouse for a lot longer than Washington was. Never forget that year of that course. the Huskies and Cougars won a combined one and whatever it was, twenty five. You know, 
Yeah. I was great. in the U District when the Huskies won that that final game against Washington State, by the way, in that place. I felt like it was going to burn to the ground. There was more riots than there were after the Seahawks Super Bowl. The other thing is, like, Eugene is very much a college town. So, like, yeah. everyone who lives there is associated with the college somehow and grew up loving it. It's also a lot more rural. So, you don't, people don't go to Eugene for any reason, well, besides Nike, but they're there because the university is there. You yeah. Know, so and, like, well, also with Oregon is they don't have a pro team in anything. Yeah, that's true, except too. Except for yeah. basketball. Um, but not having like a professional football team, but having like a top tier, like college team changes the whole thing. Because I think a lot of people naturally like college football more than they do the NFL because people see it as more of like a job interview. So these kids are out there playing their asses off to get a, a, get Mm -hmm. a fucking job. Although I think that's very much regional Uh, growing up in the, in New Jersey, in the Northeast, we don't give a shit about college football. I'll tell you right now. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. But another another great point. So on our ride back, we, we were discussing the Pac-12, and Jeff brought in a really good point that I felt like I need to talk about today. And he said that why, why don't they just eliminate the number – in Pac-12 and just add two more teams and have just have it just be the Pac, but add BYU and add Boise State. Yeah. That would bring in two more teams that aren't they're not they're not just beat 'em up teams. They're they compete and they contend and I, I, Boise State beat the Huskies like 5 years ago, but I mean that was also the Huskies 5 years ago. Yeah. At home, but you know, anywhom. I think I mean, that I, have- I think that that's a that is a, a great idea. You get rid of the number system, you bring in a few more teams, because they did want it to be the Pac-16. Yes. And we were talking about that the other day. Yes. I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts on the football playoff system specifically. I don't know if I want to get into them on this episode. It's already... Yeah, we'll <laughs> get, end up going two hours on this one. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that on a different episode, because there is a lot to that college yeah. football playoff system that is just shit. The yeah. college system for playoff or bowl games is just dumb. Could even yeah. have just just like a bonus beef section that's just you two beefing it out over that. Well, that's going to be a long time. It'll be oh, it'll <laughs> yeah. be like yeah. That's going to be probably a whole sports topic. Maybe next week. Maybe you know? a whole yeah. yeah, a whole sports thing but we'll talk about. In this intro oh. episode, if we can, to go off what you said earlier about how you loved being uh, basically shat upon for wearing opponents' gear, my favorite sports moment ever was has to be 2007 Super Bowl David Tyree helmet catch. A lifelong New York Giants fan. I'll paint a picture for you. I went to college at the University of Maine in Orono, Maine, the heart of Patriots country, okay? The team's undefeated at this point. So I'm at a sports bar with my roommates, Joe and Sheena. Sheena, lifelong Mainer, huge uh, Patriots fan. Joe, her boyfriend, doesn't give a shit about either team, but he's obviously going to support her. So I'm outnumbered. I'm in this sports bar with like 40... Patriots jerseys and me in my Eli Manning jersey. The Bangor Daily Press is there. They send a reporter over to talk to me, and they like 10 guys in the bar won't let me be quoted in this story because I'm wearing fucking Giants, you know, jersey. They like box me out. Anyways, it game comes down to the wire, and you know, the Boston Globe printed a headline for the next day that said 19 and 0. Like, you know, there was it was destiny that the Patriots were going to win this game. Well, they had fucking be, they they just had the they had it built. They were double they, they were digit for that. favorites. Yeah. I mean, like that just doesn't happen. And then, you know, Eli looks like he's about to be sacked, not known for his mobility, somehow breaks free. Heaves this pass to David Tyree, who's covered by Rodney Harrison, by the way, who's known as one of the strongest defenders in the NFL. You know, he knocks people out. That's what he's known for. Pins this catch against his helmet. Somehow, with one hand and his head, this, like, monster of a free safety cannot pull the ball off it. It doesn't touch the ground. It's just balancing on his helmet. Yeah, like, that's all that was there. Absurd. To, crazy. It was great. And yeah. I think, I, you know, <clears throat> I actually remember that. <clears throat> Fuck. Yeah, Sorry. right there, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I swallowed coffee down the wrong hole, and it really fucked me up. Um, anyway, I, I remember that that helmet catch. I remember that whole game. That game was great. And I was just telling uh, – we were talking about the rematch 
few years later too, yeah. and, and that was that was also a great yeah, game. I think that one. I think that those two dueling it out in the Super Bowl, it just made for that's what made Eli Manning's. He's legacy. Eli Manning has two Super Bowl. MVPs. He has two. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall of Fame because of the Patriots. Thanks, but that's not <laughs> saying that's not saying that he needs to. Uh, or, or with that being said, sorry, he needs to retire. He's yes. done. He's oh. over. He's done. And I he, and I feel bad watching him suit up every Sunday, going out there and getting his ass kicked. Here's a fun fact for you: When Odell threw that touchdown pass to Saquon, that was the longest touchdown pass thrown by the Giants since 2016. <laughs> at the time, now later in that same game, Manning threw a longer one to Beckham, but. Yeah, <laughs> you got. Yeah, if you guys get a quarterback, or sorry, excuse me, it was the longest a, air yardage on a completion since 2016. <laughs> if you guys get a mobile quarterback who's not old, you know, yeah. I don't know why they don't try to go for like Teddy Bridgewater. They should just try to go well, for. Well, he's him. on the Saints now. I know he's on the Saints. He's but the Drew Brees successor now, dude. There's three quarterbacks on the Saints right well, now. And Teddy Bridgewater's not going to play as long as Drew Brees is still yeah, healthy Drew and Brees playing. Drew Brees is going to retire. He's going to fall apart at some point. I mean, oh, At some point, yeah, probably in like a few years. Drew Brees is, is Drew Brees, man. That guy is <clears throat> well, honestly, they're, solid. Giants are 1-5 now, and the team sucks. So yeah. let's just not win another game, <sighs> get a top two draft pick, and take the best quarterback available. Because yeah. I, I felt like Saquon... I feel like I have to eat my hat now, but at the time, I thought Saquon was the wrong pick. I wanted them to take Darnold because, you know, franchise quarterbacks, we needed one and we were in position for it. But Or trade down because you can get a king's ransom for the number two overall. But, I mean, Saquon is a beast. I've never seen anyone like him. It's he's crazy. Great. He's awesome. Know? He's fun to watch, too. Yeah. He's just a he's a great player. And, and I want, you know, they put his team, the Penn State, they played – Washington in the bowl game last year and Washington's defense, their defensive line was known for clogging up the runnage yeah. the run yards. He was running all over him. It, that was another great game, by the you way. Can't but he him. he is absolutely insane with Beast. his footwork and his his size, dude. He's he's nuts. Look at those calves. I mean, yeah. Is yeah. that a leg or a Calfzilla. goddamn tree Capzilla, <laughs> dude. And yeah. so that so since you were talking about your sports moment, it just reminds me of mine. Talking about Super Bowls, mm-hmm. all right. Seahawks winning Super Bowl Forty Eight. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. As a Seahawks fan, how could that not be my most favorite moment? Yeah. Was watching them clock it out and winning. Yeah, I mean, that in a was blowout, like, in yeah, a blowout exactly. that they said that they said that nobody could stop the Broncos' high-powered offense, and they got obliterated. Well, this is what happens when you have an old quarterback and it's cold outside. I mean, yes, that was the one at Giants Stadium. <laughs> Russell, <laughs> Russell Wilson even played that game with the flu. I know. And the whole off-the-field issues with Percy and Golden Tate, all of that off-the-field issues in the locker room, like, minutes before kickoff. You know, there was a lot of bad blood in that locker room, but they went out there, they played as a team, and they killed it. And that was also the Seahawks, the the defense for the Seahawks. You can compare it to many of the other fantastic defenses to ever play in the NFL. That was, the, and, I mean, the height of the Legion of Boom, man. They oh, were, yeah. Big time. They were crushing And then in, even in 2014, they started off slow, but winning out the rest of the season after, uh, I can't remember which game they lost, but after they lost, that was their, you have to win out to make, to yeah. make the playoffs. And they somehow pulled it off, won out, won the division, and then played that great game against... Uh, Green Bay, which leads me to my next point. I got um, Haley over here says that her favorite sports moment is when Russell Wilson threw the touchdown pass in overtime to Golden Tate, or not Golden, not Golden Tate, Jermaine Curse. Here at home, she was mm-hmm. working the game. She actually saw the pass play. She was there. She, she said was it was working just working the game. She was working the game. She was watching the game. It's just, just absolutely crazy. She, and um, I've heard her explain that moment before, and it just sounds amazing. It sounds amazing to be there. I wish I could have been there, but I was watching it on TV because I'm too poor to go to games. But her having the ability to watch them while she worked there, yeah. she had a great moment. And that's a, that's, a, that's a big moment for Seahawks history. You know, She was able to watch it happen going to the Super Bowl after being like, torn apart earlier in the season saying that they're not going to even make the playoffs 
Great moment. Great yeah. moment. And that touchdown pass, I almost threw up. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it almost threw up. But going back to my favorite sports moments, when when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I grabbed a pot and a pan, or, or I grabbed a pot and a little ladle, and I ran up and down my block, just pounding away on it, screaming, just, wow, fuck, yelling, 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 smashing the, you know, this spoon up against the pot, running up and down. <laughs> People are lighting fireworks off. Dude, People yeah. are out in the street. It was like, it, it, you know, you. It was just like a whole community event of celebrating the Super yeah. Bowl. And it's like it's funny that everybody at, in my block was watching this game. Yeah, at I, the I, same time, it felt a little too polite for me because I got super excited because one of my lifelong goals is to throw a brick through a plate, gr- plate glass window. So I went around looking for a riot and couldn't even find anyone trying to flip a car or nothing. Everybody was way too fucking polite. Now, granted, the whole city smelled like weed. I was well, in downtown. I mean, downtown, downtown, there was like... A lot of damage done, but that was just because people are climbing on top of shit that yeah. they shouldn't be climbing on, like light poles and shit. Yeah, but I remember I was in the U district at the, at the time, and fucking there was like bur- like on fire couches just on on. Yeah, yeah the, maybe I just, remember the big couch fire. I, I remember yeah. that. Maybe it's just because I was in Ballard at the time, and you know Ballard yeah. is full of Ballard. Is ba- it wasn't downtown or the U district, you know. Yeah. But I could only imagine if the if the Huskies won. A national championship with this playoff system, this city would burn to the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would burn to the ground, that and would I would, be, I would, that would gladly nutty. take part in that because I have watched the Huskies be terrible. I've also seen yeah. them. I've also seen them be great. Even when I was a kid, you know, even in my early years yeah. of being a, a children, they were they were good when I was younger. Yeah. And my dad would always take us to games, and we had autographed footballs. And so now it's like. My turn to be almost around, roughly around my dad's age when he was taking us to games and stuff yeah. like that. And now I'm going there to get signed footballs and all that crazy shit. And yeah. it's just great. I love the atmosphere. I love the sports here in Seattle. Win or lose, I love Seattle sports. But I love, you know, I got a lot of love for the Buffalo Bills. And I get a lot of shit for it. I mean, they're terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking horrible. But I love them. Yeah, I love them, and, and every year I take take a bet with my dad that Buffalo will go eight and eight or better for or, you know roughly around forty bucks. We didn't do it this year because there's no quarterback there except <laughs> for poor Josh Allen, who's Nathan just Pick getting... Six Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Peterman is such a joke. I um, mean, as a lifelong New York Mets fan, I can feel your pain on having one of the worst teams <laughs> but yeah being a fan i just remember like the reason why i became a fan of the bills was just because i love their colors as a t- as like a kid i saw them playing on a, on a like a 10 o'clock game for the seahawks with my dad mm-hmm. and i was like oh, i was like i want that team to win and ever since yeah. then you know ever since like Ninety in ninety nine or two thousand. Damn, I've been watching the Bills as much as I can. And when I had NFL Red Zone, I was watching them every day or every Sunday at yeah. ten o'clock. And they have sucked my entire life. Absolutely, they have sucked. Well, I, I like that their name is kind of a pun, almost. You know, like <laughs> most team names don't incorporate the name of the city into the team name. You know, if they were just <laughs> the Bills, if they were like the San Antonio Bills, that would be weird. But since yeah. they're the Buffalo Buffalo Bills, Bills yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah, and right, um, <clears throat> uh, just a few more here. Sheena Stackelick on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash beefyboys, B-O-I-S, because we're fancy like that. Mentions the 2004 Red Sox World Series. I mean, that one's been covered to death. I don't really have much to add on that one besides (laughs) congrats. You didn't have to wait 100 years, only 86. Um, And one more I had, and this is going to be before both of your time, but in 2001, Mike Piazza had a home run in the first MLB game played after September 11th, and I was like, 15 at the time and i cried so i I mean i've seen that moment plenty of times it's a pretty powerful moment yeah like just that that moment alone you know it kind of reminds you of david ortiz's speech this is our fucking city yep after the bombing yep marathon and that was that's a pretty you know yeah that's a powerful moment and it, it brings you to understand that sports is more than just sports yeah sports is all about community in the city and all that absolutely and and it rallies everybody together even even people that hate uh the red sox or or you know 
any team, not just the Red Sox, but any team. <laughs> Once yeah. there's tragedy and something like powerful like that happens, yeah. everybody is behind it. Well, yeah, the whole world hated New Yorkers, and then September 11th happened and yeah. they didn't hate us anymore. Everybody rallies up. All right, we're at just about 50 minutes. Do you guys want to transition to music? Let's now? go to music. Okay. Well, let's, go, let's go to music. Um, so, Vito. Let's, talk, let's discuss your perfect album. Let's discuss what you would consider a perfect album or the album that you've listened to the most. So, as far as perfect albums go, I'd probably say Peace of Mind by Iron Maiden. It's got classics uh, such as Run to the Hills. Um, just uh, That's a, great, one of my favorite albums. Great music. Uh, I mean, Iron Maiden. Great Iron Maiden. feels. Yeah. Just powerful... Uh, powerful voice, powerful lyrics. They're very good uh, lyr- lyr- lyricists as well. Um, Hallowed Be Thy Name, one of the most... Um, I, I just absolutely love the the spooky feeling of that song. And then matched with the um, sort of metaphysical meaning of the... Uh, um, uh, but in the in the lyrics of this guy who's gonna get hanged in the hollows and he's thinking about his death coming, you know. And then as far as uh, one of the albums I've listened to the most, I'd probably have to say uh, "Black Waltz" by Avatar. Um, very heavy uh, Swedish death metal band, um, and I think the main reason I fell in love with them was because. They had it was the, one of the first examples of a screamer that I had listened to who had um, tone with their screaming, so where it actually sounded like good, a good addition to a vocalist's repertoire rather than just like a person uh, like almost screeching their vocals or something. Um, I've, I've yeah. you've showed me them before, and they're pretty awesome. They're they're pretty heavy. They're pretty dope. I like them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy their music. They're fun, and, and of course, Iron Maiden as well. Oh yeah, Iron Iron Maiden's Iron Maiden. I, yeah, I love them. And um, <clears throat> so, what about you, Joe? All right, let's see. Well, <clears throat> as far as the album I've listened to the most, it's probably either oh god, the name I'm blanking on it. Anyways, Bad Religion album. I can't oh, remember yeah. the freaking name. The one from like, do you help me out uh, with Sorrow and Broken on it? What's that fucking I mean, album? I, I'm not gonna be able to help anyone out on any of this. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this, I think our music tastes are very much not aligned they're, they're with each very other. Very different. Anyways, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know Bad Religion. I'm gonna look it up. That wasn't but the problem. My other one is Against <laughs> Me reinventing Axl Rose. That was their first studio album. That's the one that has uh, Pints of Guinness make you strong and We Laugh at Danger and Break All the Rules and those Anacro Pucks are mysterious, you know, all the big, the big popular ones. I've listened to that album, God, so many, so many times. As far as I think, I mean, my favorite album slash most perfect changes so frequently, but I think right now it's London Calling, The Clash, just, you know. Oh, yeah, so There's good. so many bangers on that album. So good. <laughs> Train in Vain is probably one of my favorite songs of all time because it's this really angsty, depressing breakup song, but it's a vocal harmony with like this all in major chords the whole time so the lyrics and music don't line up at all and i love (laughs) that dichotomy about it and then i mean rudy can't fail is a classic classic track i think the only thing i think of when i think of the clash is david lee roth being david lee roth and saying that the only people who put iced tea in their jack daniels bottles is the clash I think that is fucking hilarious. That video is great. <laughs> the name of that Bad Religion album is The Process of Belief, by the way. That, that's my favorite one. I mean, and The Empire Strikes First. But I, I was in college when I heard those, you know, so. Yeah, I've got goldfish memory when it comes to, like, naming stuff is the only reason. But yeah. I, I listened to a lot of Bad Religion back in the day as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So getting, getting into what I would call a perfect album for me. Uh, okay, so like we said, our, our our music is very different. Yes. So it's hard to it's hard to describe <laughs> what you would consider a perfect album, right? But a perfect album to me, and I think everybody should check out every album that we've talked about because they're all they're all great albums. And but getting into mine, 
I got three that I continuously listen to at the moment. And I'm listening to Coulter Wall's Songs of the Plain. He's a folk singer from uh, Saskatchewan. Okay. And he is absolutely incredible. He's a young guy. He's around my age. He's 23 or 24. Fantastic music. He plays a lot of oldies, and he plays a lot of his own uh, originals. Another one that I got that's a country album is Cody Jinks' Lifers. There is not one bad song on that album. I could listen to the whole thing over and over, which I did when it came out. I listened to that album back and forth Man. just over and over again. And um, this, ne- you know, this next album, it, there's a little controversy behind it. And that's just because it, it won album of the year over what everybody thought Beyonce was going to win in a landslide, but she didn't, is uh, Beck's uh, Morning Phase. It's, I thought... Okay, I, I thought, thought Taylor I thought, Swift won Album of the Year that year. Is that... He 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 took it. He took oh. the, he took Album of the Year, and he beat uh, Beyonce and Sam Smith, who are like his big runners up. And I think that that it was perfect. It was it was perfect. You know, Beck wrote all the music for it, played every instrument on that album, and then mixed and produced his his own album. And it was a there's not one bad song on that album. If you listen to it from start to finish, to me, it's a perfect album. It's fantastic. And I think he's a super talented guy. He's got a lot of weird music, but I think that that album was a big-time different style for him, and it worked out perfectly for him in the end. Okay. And if you haven't checked any of those albums out, you know, not really expecting a lot of people in this in this area to have heard a lot of country-style I mean, music. yeah. Those feel like some deep cuts to me. I these are these are yeah. These aren't like your everyday streamlined country song or country albums. Yeah. It, and then Beck Beck's album, a lot of people didn't like it because it beat Beyonce and Sam Smith. Mm. And it also won rock rock album of the year that year as well. But anyway, if you haven't checked them out, you should. I know Coulter Wall is going to be in Seattle in January. I can't remember okay. the date, but. Gonna be a great show. I've seen him live before, and he is just as good as he is on the album, live in person. He's yeah. fantastic. And I got I missed Cody Jinx the last time he was in town when he was on his Lifers tour, and I it sucked because I wanted to go see it, but I missed it. Um, anyway, so it looks like we got um, we got a few different answers here. I just the- I have to interject one more. My fiance will kill me if I don't mention Paul Simon's Graceland, which we listen to probably three times a week. <laughs> it's great. I love it. You can call me Al is probably the most fun music video I've ever watched in my life. Look it up if you've never seen it. It's basically Chevy Chase being a douchebag the whole time. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of significant others, um, we got. We got Haley's comment here saying uh, 24K Magic from Bruno Mars is her perfect album. It's what she would consider a perfect album. She loves Bruno Mars. And um, I, I think it's pretty, I mean, I, I think it's pretty valid. I mean, I've heard so, the, you know, dating her, I've heard the album from start to finish countless times. And I, I haven't gotten tired of it. I think it's a great, like, kind of throwback to that old like R&B, yeah. hip-hop kind is of feel. That I mean, 24 Karat Magic is obviously off that album. Yes. Is Uptown Funk off of that one or a different No, one? Uptown Funk was like its own thing. I think it okay. was like just a, a single that he did with Mark Ronson. Okay. And that was a fun song. I, th- I think Bruno Mars is, I think he's a, a super talented guy. Yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. obviously dating her, I know a lot more about him than I ever would have without dating her. But I think it, it's cool getting to see somebody like a pop singer like him getting to see like how talented he really is. Like, yeah. The guy's one hell of a drummer. He's one hell of an, a musician. He can play just about every instrument yeah. that he has. And he's just fun. He's fun to watch. Yeah. When he played the Super Bowl two times, he's, he's been fun to watch both times, especially because the Seahawks were up big time at halftime when he performed for the first time in the Super Bowl. So that, was, that made it extra better. Um, but I think I was a little busy shotgunning some beers with, you know, a couple of buddies of mine Man. during halftime, so I couldn't really catch it. But I've seen it ever since. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen the halftime performance a few times. But he's great. I think that album is great. Um, and we got, we have an album here from 
let's see here, from Tim on Facebook. He says, OK Computer from Radiohead. And I think that, I think, another one that I mm-hmm. completely agree with. I absolutely love OK Computer. I know my dad and my brother absolutely love that album. I think Radiohead's pretty good. I Radiohead. know I just rolled my eyes. I'm not rolling my eyes at Radiohead as a standalone, you know, music situation. Someone's at the door. It's more, oh. their fan base is just so pretentious. I, and I can't separate the artist from the community on this one. <laughs> it is awesome. And he's got Talib Kweli and Most Deaf Black Star with, um, it, that's a great album. I have it. I have that collaboration album. It's it's awesome. But the only thing about that I can say about Most Def is I can only handle him in very light dosage. Yeah. Talib Kweli, I can listen to. But when you bring in uh, Most Def, I, I can't listen to more of like three of his songs without being like, okay, I need to change it. You know, I need to get somebody else up in here because he's pretty repetitive. But he's good, but he's pretty repetitive. And he's got... Miss Machine, Dillinger Escape Plan. And I don't, I can't say anything because I don't think I know that band. I think they're, I think they're a metal band, aren't they? I, I believe they're like a punk unfair. metal band. I thought they were more of the like, yeah, like that, like. I think they're like punk metal type band. And yeah. I haven't heard much about them. I know my dad's mentioned like, them a few times. I always associate them with like the String Cheese Incident and, you know, like Dinosaur <laughs> Jr. That stuff. I have no idea if I'm correct or not. Mm-hmm. Sorry, then, Tim. <laughs> yeah, this next I one I know. Yeah. I remember this album. <laughs> and uh, Middle school dance material coming up. <laughs> and and so we're going to, we'll, I'm going down here to the list. It says uh, Josh's idea of a perfect album is any Blink-182 <laughs> album before hiatus. <laughs> I mean, he specifically calls out Enema of the State. Which, he does. Sure. Enema <laughs> of the State is is what he would consider a perfect album. And I I love Blink-182, but I can't ever say that they have like a perfect album to me. I think that they have yeah. like, they, they always have their bad songs on their albums. Yeah. But I, that's not saying that I don't love their music. I mean, I think their that music album did give fun. you the jammers of "What's My yes, Age Again," and that, again, that's what and brought the, in all those other good ones. What's that other one? Uh, there's a oh no, there's I'm, the one I'm music video out. where they're naked. That's what's my aging, and there's the one yeah. that's all like mocking the boy bands. I yeah. can't. Pic- I can picture the video. I know I, I'm gonna shoot myself if I look it up. Also, Adam's song is off. Of Adam's song too. Yeah, that's so, uh, you know, like that's a gimme. All the jammers. Yeah, except for "I Miss You," which is. Don't talk shit about I miss you. Don't talk shit about I miss you. I'm just going to say that one guy, he's not the best singer. Are you talking about Tom? With the lip (laughs) stud? Yeah, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about Blink-182, okay? You can go go on YouTube and check out uh, 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 I Miss You, Tom's Verse for a 10-hour loop. Just make sure your Bluetooth is turned off and make sure you're by yourself if you're actually listening that's, to that. That's uh, a fun thing. I like to mess with my fiance sometimes <laughs> by putting YouTube videos like that on. My favorite one is the loop of Smash Mouse All-Star where it's just him saying, the years start coming and they don't stop coming on a 10-hour loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking the, the All-Star meme just, like, changed change the world. Um well, alrighty, folks. We've we are coming to a close on our show number one, and you can catch us on Facebook at the Beefy Boys B O I S. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter, which Joe knows. The, the Twitter handle, handle is at Beefy underscore Boys, again B O I S, and then the Instagram is Beefy Boys Bud Club. Again, B-O-I-S. We also have a website that should be live in the next, let's say, hopefully by the end of the month. I'm still waiting on some artwork for that. That's beefyboys.com. Nice and easy. Yeah. Those are, I mean, social is probably the best way to reach us for now. You know. We- yeah, you can you can reach us on any of our social sites, and we'll 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 continue we'll we'll continue the the idea of asking you guys some of the questions that we're going to be discussing about mm-hmm. in our in our show and we just wanted to get some of your guys' ideas as far as 
as what we got for um, show number one. And it was awesome getting some people's responses. We enjoy it. We enjoy recording this. And with that being said, I am Christian. I am Vito. And I am Joe. We are the Beefy Boys Bud Club, and that is a conclusion to show number one. Thank you. Oh.